Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm glad you joined us today. We're actually coming toward the close of an amazing series on the book of Genesis. One thing that's made it special, entirely taught by our team members, because we want to challenge you to start a study group in your area. Welcome to Hope Sabbath School. Welcome to the team. Amen. This is going to be a great study. I'm excited because Jason's going to teach it. Joseph, Master of Dreams. Joseph's one of my Bible heroes. I know we'll be blessed as we learn together. Not only do we have the team in the studio, but we have a few of our team members joining us remotely. I want to welcome Puya from Hawaii. Puya, good to see you again. Uh, and Rodney from Toronto. Good to see you, Rodney. And Travis from Michigan. Travis, good to see you again. It's great to have an enlarged group as we study this important topic. We're also happy to hear from you, our Hope Sabbath School members around the world. Here's a note from Jungkook in South Sudan. And Jungkook says, hello, Hope Sabbath School family. Hello. Get the wave. <laughs> it was an amazing thing when I turned on and downloaded the app, Hope Channel app, and found Hope Sabbath School. It's been so good for me all the time. I will learn more about everything you do concerning God. It's given me a lot. May God continue to use you in extending His love to the world. Amen? Amen. That's from Amen. South Sudan. Here's uh, Danny's. Danny's writes from Uganda in the heart of uh, Africa, says... My name's Danny's from Uganda. Since November, I started watching Hope Sabbath School up to now. It makes me feel strong as if I'm in church every day. Amen. And we say, Amen. 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 Danny's, we're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Here's a note from a donor couple in Washington in the United States of America, Washington State. Just a quick note to tell you how much we enjoy and appreciate Hope Sabbath School. Mm -hmm. We are 83 years old. Oh, amen. And unable to attend our local church or Sabbath school. We enjoy the input from each of the participants. May God continue to bless this ministry and a donation of $500 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. Well, thank you. Donor couple, you know who you are in Washington State. And thank you to each one who's part of this miracle. If you want to be part of this impact movement, whether you have $5 or $500 or $5,000, you can be a part and God will honor your commitment laying up some treasure in heaven. Just go to hopetv.org slash hopess. That's our address. Click on the donate button and thank you. I was really moved by this email from Sandy. Sandy wrote and said, thank you so much for reaching out to people all across the world. She lives in North Carolina with her husband, Vern. We appreciate the simple yet profound way each study reflects on the character of God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. There are many who have not heard of God or they've heard of him, but they don't know him. Mm, that's true. The enemy has distorted the character of God, his love, his mercy by his many deceptions and lies. We're thankful for Hope Sabbath School showing us who God really is mm. and how big his love is for us. And then she used my favorite Hebrew word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She goes on and she says, my husband Vern and I have been watching for many years. 
In July of 1980, my first husband was killed in a car accident mm. on his way to work, leaving me with three small children. Mm. Five months later, my children and I were involved in a head-on collision and we were almost killed. Mm. Then 18 years later, my firstborn was killed in a car accident mm. at age 16. Mm. In retrospect, I think the devil's been trying to distort, destroy us Mm. or destroy our love for Jesus. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But guess what? The devil didn't succeed. Amen. Amen. What a testimony. Yeah. Because right standing, greater is the one who is in me than the one who is in the world. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Vern and I, her present husband, have been married for 31 wonderful and interesting years. He <laughs> remarried after the death of her husband. On November 26, he will be 90 and I will be 75. Oh, wow. We were born on the same day, <laughs> 15 years apart. God is good. Amen. Be encouraged. You're doing a wonderful ministry for so many. We appreciate all those who make Hope Sabbath School possible. Isn't that an amazing testimony? Yeah. I want to thank you, Sandy, for writing to us from North Carolina. And thank you for sharing your testimony. One last note from Lelani in Illinois in the United States. Lelani writes and says, it's so interesting to hear letters from all over the world. <laughs> I never knew this program had such an international audience. You know, we have over 200 countries accessing on our, on our app. I don't feel safe in large groups anymore, but I get a lot of the Word of God from Hope Sabbath School. Amen. I learn a lot and watch it while at work. Hope that's legal. <laughs> Hope Sabbath School makes my work day better. Amen. I hope this show stays on the air for a long time. Can you do a series where we study one book of the Bible at a time? Well, Leilani, we're here. <laughs> we're studying through the book of Genesis. And if you've missed any in the series, go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. We've gone from Genesis 1 and we'll go all the way to the end of the book. And uh, I know you'll be blessed. Right now, I'd like to invite you all Oh, you know, I didn't tell them about our free gift, did I? Oh, I need to tell you about the series gift for the series on Genesis. It's a beautiful book, a digital copy of Patriarchs and Prophets, which covers in the first 21 chapters of the book all about Genesis. Mm -hmm. So we'd love to send that to you as a digital copy. We've got more than 20 languages available and audiobook. All you have to do is go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift button in the middle of the screen and you'll find out how you can get your copy. I know you'll be really blessed. So I'm glad I didn't forget that. But right now, we're going to sing our song together. It's one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Sons of Korah wrote it, Psalm 47. My wife put a little tune. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph for the Lord Most High is what? He's awesome. A great king over all the earth. Let's sing it together. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. For God has gone up with a shout, 
The Lord with the sound of a trumpet Sing praises to God, sing praises Sing praises to our King, sing praises Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples Shout to God with a voice of triumph For the Lord most high is awesome He is a great King over all the earth For God is the King of all the earth Sing praises with understanding Sing praises to God, sing praises Sing praises to our King, sing praises Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples Shout to God with a voice of triumph For the Lord Most High is awesome He is a great King over all the earth He is a great King over all the earth He is a great King over all the And I'm really looking forward to our study today, Jason, about Joseph, one of my Bible heroes, a man, a master of dreams. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Pastor Derek. And uh, let's bow our heads and invite the Lord to be with us as we enter into this study. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, guide us as we read through this story of Joseph, Lord, this man, boy almost, that went through a lot of different challenges. Lord, help us to take something from his life that we can apply to our own life. So no matter what situations we're in, we can learn to trust you as Joseph did. Mm. Guide us, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, here in the book of Genesis, we've been looking at different families, and particularly lately, we've seen uh, the story of the family of Abram, Abraham, eventually, as God changes his name. And as we've looked through these families, we've seen that uh, as much as God may have wanted to, them to be a perfect example, like a lot of us, they had struggles, they had challenges. And today we're going to look specifically at one of the family members, Joseph. Uh, but before we do, let's actually get a little bit of his background. And I'm going to ask Sabina if you would start us out here in Genesis chapter 37, Read verses 2 through 4. Let's get a little background. Who is this Joseph and how is he interacting with his family? Okay, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Genesis 37 from verses 2 to 4. And the word says, This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the land was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. All right, so we're seeing uh, some family tensions already emerging. Uh, someone on the team, tell me here. I see some names here. There's a Bilha, there's a Zilpa. Uh, Stephanie, can you tell me who are these people and why is Joseph associating with them? So those were the um, handmaids to both Leah and Rachel. All right, and mm -hmm. Leah and Rachel. Who are Leah and Rachel, John? Well, they were Jacob's wives in that order. Uh, and, uh, and then along came with them their handmaidens. All right, their handmaidens. But apparently there's been some, some background. Yes, 
I was going to say these are more than like their uh, personal assistants. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you have this messy story yes. where where Lee is giving her handmaid and Rachel's giving her handmaid to to give children. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's actually four childbearing women mm -hmm. uh, who are there in in, in this uh, rather dysfunctional family system. Mm -hmm. And we see within this dysfunction, there's some favoritism going on. Mm -hmm. It says, uh, Israel loves Joseph more. We've learned in the previous lesson that uh, Joseph's mother, Rachel, has passed away. And so, yeah, there's these women, but Rachel's no longer around. And so now we have uh, Israel Jacob kind of showing some favoritism to uh, one of the sons, or even maybe two, that uh, Rachel uh, bore him. And then you've got this coat of colors. And how are the brothers reacting to it? Are they liking this, Jason? Not at all. As you can see, they in the verse uh, four, they say that they could not speak peaceable to him. You mm -hmm. know, so it was just like they couldn't stand him in a sense. They couldn't speak nothing nice to him. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. something else happens that uh, builds the, the tension even more. And Jason, mm -hmm. I'd like if you could actually read for us in Genesis 37, uh, the next verse, verse five, what does Joseph do that leads to further tension? All right. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. Mm. <laughs> okay, now mm. this seems kind of interesting. Thank you for reading that, because what does, what does it say? Why are they hating him, Jason? Because he had a dream. He had a dream. Okay, mm -hmm. now this, this seems a little unusual, because um, we've seen dreams already through the scriptures. And mm -hmm. I mean... I'm thinking if we were to share our dreams here, might we'd be a little concerned, but I highly doubt we'd start hating each other. <laughs> but there, there must be something about these dreams mm -hmm. that is causing tension. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, the Bible is going to tell us <laughs> what that is. Um, we're going to get some discussion. Okay, Pastor Derek, you want to so jump in So I'm just thinking here? of the words of Jesus when he says, there are many things I would share with you, but you cannot bear them now. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the wise man Solomon, a time to speak and a time to be silent. Yes. Mm -hmm. when, when his brothers are already hating him, partly not because of his fault, but the favoritism his father's showing, mm -hmm. to then tell them a dream about things bowing down to him, mm -hmm. yeah. It would seem that maybe if he prayed and said, Lord, what do you want me to do here? Right. Uh, the yeah. answer might have been, this is not the best time to share with the brothers who are hating you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're going to read the story now, as Pastor Derek sh gave us a few hints there about mm -hmm. what this dream is about. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask Travis if you could read for us the story of these dreams in Genesis 37, verses 6 through 11. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around and bound down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and eleven stars bowed down to me. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And continuing on to verse 11. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. All right. Well, the Bible text has now shared with us a little bit. These aren't just any kind of dream. These are dreams that have some strong significance. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, what are your thoughts here as you see this story here and as you see the interaction of Joseph and his family? It seems that he was either ignorant, that he shouldn't share it, or he he was just exercising a lack of wisdom. Mm. All right, perhaps exercising so. a lack of wisdom. Rodney, what do you think here? Jason, I think we have a multiplicity of issues here. Um, we're seeing a, a const- we're seeing a theme. We're seeing a seeing a trend. Uh, if you go back just a little in the story, you'll find that Isaac favored Esau. Rebecca favored Jacob. Now here's Jacob. Jacob now favors Joseph. So there's a there's a trend. And then the the, the brother saw that that the father, Jacob, loved Joseph more than he loved everybody else. And then he made him this tunic of many colors. Not only that, here it is that that Joseph now is tattletailing or in some other spheres we call it squealing on his brothers. We read that in Genesis 37, 2 to 4. Then now Joseph comes with his, with his dream, with the sheaves and the sheaves bowing down to his. So it, you, you can see there's a, there's a trend. And if you notice in the first dream, it, the Bible says that he told his brothers. The second dream, he told his brothers and his father. So you kind of see that trend that is, that is going on here that, that, of course, as we read along the story, it's, it's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. Travis. So I like what everyone is saying, but I don't think that we should exhaust the possibility that the Holy Spirit, um, we know the Holy Spirit gave him the dream. God did. So we, I don't think we should exhaust the, the possibility that he also inspired him to tell the dream. Um, because I think that's possible because, as you said, this really has a deeper meaning going forward. I, I'm not saying that's the case, but I don't think we should overlook that. Mm. Derek, you wanted to add here? So I I would agree with Travis 100%. This is not like, oh, Jason, I had a dream last night. I was driving my car and I got hit by a school bus. Uh, (laughs) History will show that these are divine revelations to him. Mm -hmm. The question that Travis has raised is, did the Holy Spirit tell him to share those dreams at that time? Mm -hmm. The time will come maybe when it would be appropriate. And, and the truth is, we don't know the answer to that, do we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but from the perspective that immediately they hate him even more, it would seem like Stephanie said that that was uh, showing a lack of discretion. Mm-hmm. But there would have been a time, maybe when they're all bearing down to him later, mm-hmm. that yes. he'd say, you know, when I was a young man, I had this dream. Mm-hmm. But uh, God meets us where we are, and sometimes we, uh, we don't always handle things perfectly. He does, yes. And we see from the text, there's a difference in how his brothers relate to him and his father. Mm, His father does criticize him, but his brothers, they literally hate him and envy him. Mm. It says his father kept the matter in mind because 
remember who his father is, Jacob here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we know Jacob's had some dreams of significance right. where God has spoken right. to him. So right. Jacob may be recognizing, yeah, my son may be behaving imperfectly, but Jacob knows that God can use dreams to bring revelations. Well, we need to uh, continue on here because the story is about to get kind of problematic. <laughs> and uh, Laurel, I'd like if you could read for us Genesis 37 verses 12 through 27 because the brothers, they had this anger, they had this hatred, and it's going to be resolved somehow. So let's see what happens here. All right, I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Then his brothers went to the pasture, their father's flock in Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. And he said to him, I will go. Then he said to him, Go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. A man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field, and the man asked him, What are you looking for? He said, I am looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are pasturing the flock. Then the man said, They have moved from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found him at Dothan. When they saw him from a distance, before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. Mm. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Now then, come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say a wild beast devoured him. Let us see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hands and says, let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, shed no blood, throw him into this pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him, mm. and they threw him I'm sorry, and they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty without any water into it. Mm. And continuing to verse 27. Then they sat down to eat a meal, and as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing aromic gum and balm and myrrh on their way to bring them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it for us to kill our brothers and cover up his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. All right. So how do you feel about that, John, as you read uh, this story of Joseph's interaction, shall we say, with his brothers? I am wondering if at this point Joseph is despising the dreams he got mm -hmm. or if he's finding comfort in them mm. because he knew that it was uh, kind of the last straw in the brother's expression of hatred toward him. And there had to be a struggle here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, there has to be a struggle. Sabina. 
I, I find it very interesting that Joseph, he changes into being that position of favorite to being the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Because when he's taken far away from his father, that's when he was found in a place where he, all these brothers could actually take advantage of him and that's what they do. And uh, we know that the story is going to continue and things are going to change. But at this moment, I believe that Joseph was very afraid and maybe repenting of having, you know, being unwise in the way that he presented the dream to the brothers. Puya. I want to give credit to Reuben, the firstborn, because um, by being the favorite child, Joseph was probably, you know, the one that the father was uh, intending to elevate to the level of the firstborn. And if there was someone who should be the most uh, angry or mad at Joseph, it was supposed to be Reuben, who was the firstborn, you know, who's supposed to be the favorite child of the father for being the firstborn. And yet, when these uh, conspiracy is going on to get rid of uh, Joseph, Reuben steps in. And so the, the older brother, Joseph, jo I mean, Reuben played, I believe, an, an important role here. And I want to give him some credit for this. <laughs> yes, yeah, Thank, okay. thankfully God is using Reuben, using even one of these brothers to make sure that Joseph's life is spared. So God is still working even in yeah. the midst of these difficult situations. Mm -hmm. Rodney. Mm -hmm. Jason, I'm thinking to myself that we are discussing children of God. Mm -hmm. And when we're outside of the will of God, it's amazing what we can do. We are actually talking about brothers here mm -hmm. thinking about killing another brother. Mercy. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. These are not heathens that we're talking about, you know, quote unquote pagans, heathens. We're talking about people of God. So it behoves us that we continue to strive by God's grace. When I say strive, I don't mean that we work for our salvation. What I mean is to allow the Holy Spirit to continue to use us so that we are in the confines of God's will. Because if we are not, we can do some really strange things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we see these strange things, mm -hmm. threats to kill brother, throw him in a pit, mm -hmm. and eventually, okay, they don't kill him, but they just sell him as a slave, Please. which, yeah, emotionally, socially, that's mm -hmm. almost like killing him, at least from their family. They're basically kicking him outside their family. But God is still at work in this situation. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Lavinia, if you could read for us in Genesis 37, verse 28 and 36, let's see in these two verses, how is God still working in the midst of this uh, disastrous, shall I say, mm -hmm. it seems like it, uh, situation. Reading from the New International Version, so when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. And verse 36. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Hmm. All right, so how is God working here? And also, 
Any more lessons that we can learn from this experience now that we've seen? Joseph's now, he's headed to Egypt. Rodney, you're shaking your head. You, you've, you've got some lessons you want to share with us here. Oh, Jason, I'm shaking my head because God is absolutely amazing. Pastor Derek would often say hallelujah, <laughs> because here it is that you can see the hand of God amidst this tragedy is working because now Potiphar... Potiphar is, uh, is very near to Pharaoh. Pharaoh rules the entire Egypt. In fact, to some extent, the entire world, the superpower of the world at the time. And God is going to work a mighty work in, 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 in Joseph's life in Potiphar's house, as we will see in a moment. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. Travis. I want to agree uh, with Rodney that this story is really a demonstration of God's immeasurable, unfailing love. Because not only is God working through this situation to place Joseph in a place of, well, where he's going to become a prince, but it's also to protect and save the lives of the very brothers who threw him into the pit and their family, mm -hmm. which is really a story of God's grace. So I think uh, we really see a, a beautiful picture of God's love and mercy here. So true. Amen. Puya. Yeah. Yes, another lesson I believe we can learn from this is the importance of finding God and letting God change our hearts because the human heart is so corrupted by sin that unless we're transformed by the Spirit of God, you know, even we can, uh, I guess, even ourselves, you know, if we are to put ourselves into the shoes of these people, we may look back and say, how could they, you know, how could they do such evil? How could they plan such an evil thing to their own brother? But I think if we look deep down in our hearts, I, I believe, you know, if we are uh, honest with ourselves, we too could be there unless God changes our hearts. So I believe the lesson here is the importance of allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us. Amen. Mm. Lord, have mercy that we mm. might not follow in the same footsteps, mm. yes. even though we... We have the same temptations and struggles. Mm -hmm. Well, Stephanie, we need to continue reading because Joseph is now in Egypt and maybe he's tempted at this time to abandon God or say, you know, well, my family's abandoned me. I need to take care of things my own way. But let's see how Joseph is responding. Let's see where God is in this picture. Genesis 39 now, if you could read verses 1 through the first part of verse 6. Because let's see, Joseph, God's not done with Joseph. Joseph's not done with God. <laughs> and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, the, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had, been, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that all he did to pr prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Mm -hmm. Thus, he left 
all that, all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, John, what are you seeing here? What's happening? You see the incredible providence of God. You know, the Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph and then that the, his master saw. Mm. I mean, to mm. our understanding, he doesn't know the God of heaven, but yet he sees that the Lord is with Joseph. Mm. And I mean, just uh, it speaks to me that what a, we have an opportunity to live lives so that those that don't know God Amen. can be introduced to him through us. Mm -hmm. Wow. Amen. All right, well, we need to continue in the story because we may think things are going gr great or a lot better for Joseph, but when things are going good, the devil will always bring a challenge, no matter what your situation, especially when you're following God. And so, Rodney, I'd like you for us to read about this challenge that confronts Joseph. It's in Genesis chapter 39. It's the second part of verse 6, 6b, as well as verses 7 and 10. Read those for us and let's see what is this challenge that Joseph is confronted with. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And a verse? Verse 7. Verse 7. 7, okay. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. And then verse 10. So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think you can answer this question multiple ways, but... What is the challenge that Joseph is facing here? And I think there could be more than one answer here. Mm. Jason, what's a challenge you see Joseph might be facing here? Well, I see that he's being harassed, you know, every day, day by day, wow. you know. <clears throat> and so it's just uh, truly and dearly the essence of the situation has put him, you know, in harm. It's left him being very vulnerable, you know, especially, you know, being in a situation, being in, you know, Potiphar's house and what have you. And so I believe that that challenge right there is really a work. You know, the devil is, is very busy, mm -hmm. very busy. All right. If Derek. a friend were to come and say, I'm being sexually harassed at work, I would tell them, leave. Right. Uh, or mm -hmm. if there's some kind of system to report. But he was a slave. Mm. Yes. Right. So he didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. and, and, of course, the story is going to unfold, but the, to me, this is sexual harassment, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, at, at the, in the worst mm -hmm. form. Mm -hmm. Because, as Jason pointed out, it, day it's, day. it's ongoing. It's yeah. day yeah. after day. Yeah, yeah. Sabina. Yeah. And he's not being sexually harassed by any person. He's mm -hmm. actually being sexually harassed by the wife of his master, mm -hmm. yeah, which exactly. makes the situation even more complex and intricate, because mm -hmm. even if he would need to report to someone, how would he would do that since he would lose the trust possibly of this master? Who would he trust, his word or the word of his wife? So I think that puts him in a very, very delicate position. Mm -hmm. And as a slave, does he have a right even to <laughs> refuse his master or his master's wife? Does he actually have a right? Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to see how he responds to this challenge. Mm -hmm. He's going to say some, some specific words and he's going he's gonna to be very wise Obviously not of his own strength, but God's and Amen. what he says here. And uh, I'm going to ask John if you could read for us here. 
Genesis 39, read verses 8 and 9 and 11 and 12, and let's see what, how Joseph responds. Watch closely his wording. Wow. I'm reading from the New International Version, and it says, But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. And verses 11 and 12, One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. All right. And also, uh, in my version at the end of verse 9, also adds, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So Joseph's making some some specific uh, responses here. Laurel, what are your thoughts here as you see how Joseph's responding? I think that he responded in, like, the right way. Like, he just fled the situation. And I also liked how... Um, he even told the wife the first time, "Is like, how can I do this great sin against your, you know, your husband? Like, he, like, he knows how honorable marriage is. Like, it's just, yeah. So even though, like, you can't, yeah, it's just a really so, bad yes. situation. So he appeals to his wife's honor as, as being a wife, because remember, as a slave, he doesn't really have a mm-hmm. right to refuse, you could say, and says, look, I want to respect my master here, and even if you don't respect your husband, I'm going to respect your husband. Uh, but he goes beyond just the civil code, and he also adds, so even if the even if the laws allow him to do it, what is the issue here, Stephanie? Well, he was not going to sin against his yeah. his God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not going to sin against his God. And if you look at the history of his family, oh, yeah. uh, these are all things that a lot of people in his family have struggled with. So he's being faced with a temptation that almost every person you could say in his family line mm-hmm. before him has yeah. had some some major issues with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, Stephanie. So that just makes me think that you can, by the grace of God, step out of a life that was not lived for God. You can step out of the mold and change history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that by is God's what Joseph's grace. doing here. He's making a stand and saying, my family may have failed before in the past, but I'm going to honor God in this situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to have to see here because there's going to be some responses When we honor God, that doesn't necessarily mean everything is always going to go immediately well for us. And so, Puya, I would like if you could read for us in Genesis 39, verses 16 through 20, how does this temporary situation in the house, how does it get resolved? Sure. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. Mm-hmm. All right. So Joseph mm-hmm. experiences some false accusations uh, mm-hmm. and he ends up in prison. Yet we see some things going on here. John, what do you notice here? It looks like she's the first to get to the master, which means that the first thing he hears is her side 
And then she has this evidence, but she had flipped the script. <laughs> all right, so she's flipped the script, and yet, all right, Rodney, what do you what do you want to add here? This sounds so familiar to me, Jason. Uh, you know, if you look at verse seventeen, here's what uh, Potiphar's wife said to Potiphar: "The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me." In other words, it's almost like she was casting some aspersions on, on Potiphar himself. And that, the reason why I said it sounds familiar is if you go back to the Garden of Eden, remember Adam was like, but God, it is the wife that you gave me. And it's like they were casting blames along the path. It's the same kind of mechanism that we see here where it's almost like Potiphar's wife was blaming Potiphar to a certain extent. Wow, wow. Mm -hmm. mm. Derek. So I'm going to say something that may... Uh rattle some people a little, but, um, but I want to at least have us be challenged by it. When it says Potiphar's anger was aroused, I want to ask, who was he angry with? Yes. Mm. Mm. Now, when I just read it otherwise, I go, of course, he was angry with Joseph. Well, but, but he could have killed Joseph exactly. on the spot. Yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. Which, and by the way, he didn't just throw him in the pauper's dungeon or the slave's dungeon. He put him in the, in the king's, king's prison. prison. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I want to suggest, and I may be wrong, but that Potiphar was not unaware of his wife's infidelity. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so when she's now accusing his most trusted servant, who's a follower of the one true God, mm -hmm. who's lived with integrity in everything he's done, I don't know. I cannot imagine... Hmm. that he was angry with Joseph, mm -hmm. yes. but he was angry with the situation. And somehow he has to protect his wife's reputation mm -hmm. instead of saying, stop creating all kinds of lies mm -hmm. about this fine yeah. man. Mm -hmm. So he does put him in prison. Yes. But if he'd really believe what she said, I think Joseph would have been dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that would have been... If you were a slave and you were even so much accused, let alone even kind of evidence of uh, sexually har harassing your master's wife, yeah, you'd be dead. And yet God is sparing Joseph here and God, Joseph goes to prison, but God's not finished with him yet. Sabina, read for us uh, Genesis 39, verse 21 through 23. Joseph's in prison now here, but how is God still working? Okay, I'll be reading from the New King James Version and it says... But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Mm -hmm. All right. So Joseph could have been tempted once again to give up on God. Mm -hmm. Slave. Maybe he gets good in Potiphar's house, but then now he's cast into prison. Yet what does Joseph do? He trusts in God. And what is the result? What is the result, Jason? That God continues to allow him to prosper, you know. And mm -hmm. if I may, it's a text uh, in Psalms that is it really highlights this uh situation in dealing with uh, Joseph. It's All right, give us a second, a minute mm -hmm. to find it here. Psalms 90, verse 17. All right, Psalm 90, verse, verse 17. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Okay. And the Bible says, And let the beauty of the Lord our God 
be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And this is exactly what was happening with uh, Joseph. The Lord was establishing his hands for him, you know, in all the situations from part of the house to the prison. Amen. Yes, and speaking of the prison, God's going to do something pretty miraculous in this prison. And Stephanie, I want you to read for us uh, a little hint of what, how's God's going to bless Joseph even further in the prison. We're here in Genesis chapter 40 now. If you could read verses 7 and 8 for us, please. All right, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said, unto, said to him, We each have had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. Hmm. All right. And then, does someone want to give me a 20-second summary of this situation? Who wants to tell me this story of this dream? Who wants to summarize here uh, what happens in this dream? Uh, Puya, you want to share a little bit about this dream, these dreams in the story? Sure. In 20 seconds or less, what happened right. was Joseph gave them the interpretation of the dreams, and the dreams came true. All right, there we go. The dreams came true. Yes, they both had these dreams. There. It reminds me of other Bible characters like Daniel later, you know, mm -hmm. who, who will be given. So, so this is what we would call a spiritual gift. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, a yes. heavenly gift is given to him to yeah. be able to not say, well, I'll guess what that means. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. he's given heavenly wisdom mm -hmm. to tell them exactly what will happen. And mm -hmm. I, I love the 20-second explanation from Brian, <laughs> it, that it happened exactly the way that he said. Mm -hmm. It so, did. So yes. a spiritual gift is given to him in the prison. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And during, the, yes, Stephanie. I'd also like to add that he had a, an understanding of people and he asked, he noticed that there was some sadness, mm. and then he inquired. Mm -hmm. So he had a listening ear, and he was attentive to individuals. Mm -hmm. Good That's right, yes. Yeah. Well, let's see here, because um, one of the people who, there are two people whose dreams, one is the chief butler, one is the chief baker. Mm -hmm. These are people very close to Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, Laurel, could you read for us, please? here in Genesis chapter 40, read verses 14 and 15, and then read verse 23. Because let's see here, how does this story kind of temporarily, it seems, wrap up? Verses 14, 15, and verse 23. All right, I'll read from the New American Standard Bible. Only keep me in mind when it goes well with you, and please do me a kindness by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. <laughs> For I was, in fact, kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should have put me into this dungeon. Mm -hmm. Verse 23, yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, mm -hmm. but forgot him. Oh. Mm -hmm. All right, so Joseph does make a plea that this interaction might lead to his deliverance. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we know that God will deliver, but sometimes there is something called a delayed deliverance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we're gonna look further at this story and I'm gonna ask Lavinia, if you could read for us now how this comes about in Genesis chapter 41, verses one through eight. 
Let's see, how does this delayed deliverance happen for Joseph? Sure, reading from the New International Version. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile, when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the river bank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled, so he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Hmm. All right. Well, we've already seen dreams happen several times in the story, and we can tell here that God is clearly sending dreams, and we're going to learn soon that this is a dream that God is sending Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. God speaks to people through dreams. Now, how is God using this dream with Pharaoh? How does this connect to the story of Joseph? Remember, Joseph's languishing mm -hmm. here in the king's prison and Pharaoh's having this mm -hmm. dream. John, what's happening here? It's a sign of God's infinite wisdom because now Pharaoh is going to need somebody to <laughs> interpret the dream. Right. <laughs> and along comes Joseph. Along comes Joseph. And how do we get Joseph? I would like, Jason, if you could read for us Genesis 41 verses 9 through 14, because we're about to see the connection here. All right. And I'll read in Genesis chapter 41 verses 9 through 14 from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief butler, Baker. We each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream, verse 12. Now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him and he interpreted our dream for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, just as he interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me to my office, and he hanged him. Verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. <laughs> Wow. So this boy who grew up by his father, had these horrible experiences with his brothers. Right now, Joseph's about to enter into the presence of Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do we see going on here? Stephanie, what are you seeing? I'm seeing God at work. <laughs> I mean, clearly, because he was 
there in the prison at just the right time so that he could meet the butler and the, he could interpret the dream. And even though it was two years later, the butler did remember him when Pharaoh had the dream. Mm -hmm. And then Joseph comes, to, comes into uh, the scene. Mm -hmm. That's right. And now it's time for Joseph to give his response. I'm going to ask Puya if you could read for us here. We're in Genesis chapter 41. If you could read verses 15 and 16 <clears throat> and 25 and 28, because let's see what we can learn from Joseph's response to Pharaoh here and this discussion about the dream. Sure. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, verse 15 and 16. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Mm. And verses 25 and 28. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Verse 28, this is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. All right. Mm -hmm. What do we see there, John? What are, you, what are you seeing from the interaction here? Jason, what it tells us is that the main point is not just the uh, interpretation of the dream. God wants to introduce himself to this uh, Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. And he does it through the dream and through the ministry of Joseph. Mm -hmm. Amen. And if you follow the dysfunction of the family, the dysfunctional response would be, how can I leverage this situation mm -hmm. to my advantage? Right. Mm -hmm. And he's not doing that at all. That's mm -hmm. right. He's just pointing to God, 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 God will show you. Not knowing that he may be sent back to the prison at the end exactly. of this right. time. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Rodney, and then we need to move on. Yeah, similar point. Uh, the, the context here is that, remember, Joseph was the one that said to the butler, please remember me. And two years passed. Mm -hmm. Here it is now he has an opportunity speaking with Pharaoh who can, at the drop of a hat, say you're out of prison. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he didn't uh, uh, direct the, the praise or the interpretation of the dream to himself, That's but right. to God. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to ask Sabina if you could read for us here Genesis 41 verses 33 through 36 because mm -hmm. Joseph's going to share a little more than just an interpretation. Yes. So I'll be reading from the New King James Version and it says, Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that the food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land may not perish during the famine. Hmm. All right, so Joseph apparently here is now giving agriculture advice, and it's not like, <laughs> yeah. now he's a slave. It's not like he has a lot of experience. He doesn't have a degree from Egypt University and <laughs> agriculture here, and yet somehow God is speaking, not just through the interpretation, but even now with the advice. And let's see, Stephanie, close us out here. Genesis 41, 37 through 41. Let's see how Pharaoh responds. And the King, New King James Version says, 
So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man, in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Joseph said, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Mm. Wow. wow, very quickly. Any last lessons, any thoughts we see there? Puya, real quickly. Mm -hmm. I believe the biggest lesson here is God always keep his promises That's right. and there's always blessings in obedience and whatever situation we may find ourselves in, as negative as what Joseph went through, God can turn the bad situation into something good. Amen. 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 And as Puya said there, and I want to challenge you, maybe you've gone through some difficult times, mm -hmm. as has uh, Joseph. Let the Holy Spirit guide you so that he can show you no matter what experiences you're going through, he is working it out for good, just as he did with Joseph. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Jason. And thanks to each one of you for being with us for Hope Sabbath School today. What an amazing story. You say, no, Derek. What an amazing God. Amen. Yes. Yes. We give Him glory. And, and I thought of the song, it's no secret what God can do. What He's done for others, do He can do for you. Amen. God, I, God wants you to just surrender your life to Him, mm -hmm. just as Joseph did, even in these hard times, mm -hmm. so that you can look back and say, what an awesome God. The Lord God, the Lord Most High is awesome. Mm -hmm. Great King over all the earth. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Mm -hmm. Father in heaven, what an encouraging story. And yet we recognize that there were times of darkness and even discouragement for Joseph. Mm -hmm. But he chose to hold on to the Lord, our God. May we do the same. And may we rejoice that you have a good plan for mm -hmm. each of our lives. Mm -hmm. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. You say, that's incredible. How could he be catapulted Joseph from prison to second in command? The answer is when God has a plan, it will be fulfilled. And his promises to you are sure. Be blessed today and go out and be a blessing to those around you.